Welcome to Uncontained, episode 008. I am your host, Aaron Static Render, and today we have half of the podcast, comedy supernova, Danny Franks. He's a former stand-up comedian and comedy club manager. We talk about uh, some of his times on stage, along with... Some of the comedians that have come through the club, some of them appearing on Saturday Night Live, some of them a little bit harder to deal with. I'll give you a hint. He wields a mallet and may be the original Fruit Ninja, along with three things that comedy clubs look for, or at least his comedy club looked for, when hiring acts to perform. Here is a disclaimer. Just so you are aware, there are a couple of events and references in this episode that may be slightly outdated because, well, I recorded this show before I launched my podcast, and it's taken me just a little bit to get it on air. I just wanted to give you a heads up so you weren't confused on why I was talking about the Super Bowl or referring to not having launched my podcast yet. With that being said, here's episode 008 with Danny Franks. Danny, how are you doing today? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on the show. As uh, we're recording this, we have not launched yet, so thanks for taking and uh, showing a little faith in the show here. <laughs> <laughs> I have complete faith in you, guy. Thank you. Um, I actually, we've met only a couple times in the past. Uh, I've seen you on stage back when you were doing stand-up, mm-hmm. back when I was working at KRNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to, uh, there was some show, uh, it was in 2008 when Penguins was in its uh, temporary location. Uh, in After the flood. Yeah, after the flood, yeah. in its temporary location. And uh, you were doing the warm-up, you were uh, emceeing the show, and somebody in the crowd, I don't know who it was, but yelled out your punchline, and that you were going to do, and you didn't seem to like that for, very well for some reason. I, they thought they were helping you, but... Uh, yeah, it's, it, it probably irked me that I was building up to a punchline, <laughs> and then they, they take over. I know, I, I've had that happen before, too, but it's like, they... I don't know, jackasses. You got to deal with hecklers from time to time. I I think you just called him a dick and moved on or something like that. <laughs> I, I think I uh, dragged it out longer than that. <laughs> okay, yeah. you may have. I don't I don't remember exactly where you went with it, but uh, the essence was, hey, dick, don't uh, come to my job and do my shit, you know? Yeah. So did you venture down to our open mics at all? I did, yes. Uh, I, I was at your open mics when Andre was hosting them. Yeah. Andre, yeah. Uh, yeah, before I moved out here to California. So, like, uh, 2011, 2010-ish to 2012, I was uh, doing open mics. Yeah, I mean, when, when we started open mics and uh, – well, when I started back in 99, uh, our open mics were once a month, if that. Uh, it slowly progressed to two a month. And currently at Penguins, they do uh, every Wednesday. So, I mean, the, the circuit has really grown in Cedar Rapids and probably, you know, a lot of medium market uh, comedy clubs, they they showcase local talent uh, during those shows, which is great. Yeah. Um, it, when I left, it was once a week at Penguins. Then you had the you had multiple open mics in Iowa City and they were popping up everywhere as I uh, headed out to California. So, 
uh, it was cool seeing the scene grow. Yeah, I mean, you're in a great place right there, and uh, you're in just north of Oakland. Uh, yeah, yeah, in the Bay Area. I'm in Walnut Creek right now. Yeah. Uh, was in Berkeley. Uh, part of the reason I'm doing this show is maybe to network some more with some of the comedians because getting your foot in the door out here is a little bit tougher than it was for me back home, uh, probably because of the radio station and whatever. So um, I'm just uh, doing this kind of networking, hoping to find out some uh, tips, tricks to the trade and uh, I'm performing on the business side of it also looking to get into doing some voiceover and stuff like that as well out here which would be really cool yeah that, that's cool i mean i don't know if you want to divulge the the date that we're recording this but you're right in the midst of sf sketch fest right now yes which, yes which is an amazing festival i mean we don't have many comedy festivals here in uh in the midwest but that sf sketch fest is i know one of the biggest yeah, it kind of takes over, kind of takes over the city, and then, then after that's over, you got the Super Bowl action going on here in uh, in San Francisco. Well, that's right, it's in Levi. Yeah, it's at Levi Stadium. Yeah. I'm a 49er fan, so. Oh, are you? Oh yeah. Oh, I'm I'm actually a Bears fan, but uh, I, I cheer for the Niners when they're playing out here, as long as they're not playing the Bears, yeah. which they did this year and beat the Bears. I think twice by. They beat the Bears once wow. this year. They only played once. Yeah, that's uh, the game of the season. Yeah. On on a rare Robbie Gold field goal miss, like <laughs> that rare. happened. Well, like in the past, you know, Robbie Gold was as good as gold, you know. Mm. But uh, that that was the saying. Uh, but he he actually choked twice this year in the clutch. So yeah, I don't know. From being in the Midwest, I I'm just tired of the Bears talk. I really am. I mean, with with all the national television the three channels here it's usually bears vikings chiefs or uh uh the rams showing on television packers. yeah packers that's that's all we see so i don't really get to see my niners play very often here in the midwest on the national stage well danny move on out here because <laughs> every game is televised for the niners every game is televised for the raiders if i want to see the bears play it's either a monday night game thursday night game if they have one of those or i'm going to um check out some bar that has the nfl sunday ticket yeah, yeah sorry to derail us from comedy so I no, just, that's fine yeah, we'll take this wherever this goes it's your show man yeah i mean <laughs> i think that's pretty cool i and with uh i've never been out to california i mean a lot of a lot of comics once they they feel they uh, cannot progress anymore to, um, I guess, from open mics. They, they, they make a decision. It's either New York or, or California, L.A. mainly. Yeah. A lot of comics. Uh, uh, one gentleman, uh, Brooks Whelan, came through Penguins. He started out at Penguins, um, moved out to L.A., did really well, um, took an internship out there, but did stand up on the side while he then... Uh, had one season on SNL. So, okay. So he had one season on SNL and he, he's just been going around doing tours. Uh, I don't know, burning himself out, but he's doing a lot of one nighters. Uh, he does some weekend gigs at clubs, but 
he's just he's touring the nation right now. And you know, as a comedian, you have to do that when you have a name go go for it full time, full tilt, like Kevin Hart or Chris Rock did. Comedians are only hot for so long. There's only a few that can stick around for a long period of time. Yeah, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with just being an old road dog either. Getting you know your your hours set and just make it a job. And, you know, it, some people aspire to have the sitcom or the, the talk show, but there's a lot out there that, you know, make their living off of every weekend selling merchandise after the shows and then just going home uh, during the week. And there's, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, why did you get out of doing stand-up comedy? Um, I went, I, I did stand-up for about, in between eight and ten years, I did a lot of uh, of MC work at Penguins, and I thought it would be a, a good career. So I put together a website, put together a stupid T-shirt, uh, started contacting bookers, and I did that for about two years. Uh, didn't go more than two states away. Probably had two to three gigs a month, which isn't much. But with feature pay, it uh, my family was growing. I think I had my uh, my son, my second kid, and it just it wasn't um, uh, good for the family. wasn't The pay wasn't there. Plus, I was gone. You know, sometimes three to four days a week. Yeah. So I just decided, you know, I, I'll just stay at my home club, enjoy the enjoy the friendship of the comedians that come through. Uh, and just just not do it anymore. Okay, and then uh, how long after you quit did you decide to uh, get involved with uh, your podcast, uh, Comedy Supernova? I realize I hadn't said the name of it yet, but Comedy Supernova with uh, Tim Sullivan. Yes, Tim. Uh, Tim's a like I said, a road dog. He does he does a lot of uh, a lot of gigs. Um, I approached him on that about eight months ago. And I think podcasting is a very safe and um, enjoyable outlet to do comedy. So uh, he said, yes, I've been thinking about this too. Let's do it. We got together with some producers that have a studio. Um, they pretty much, we talk into a mic for an hour and they just put it up whenever we ask them to. So um, I've actually haven't stepped on stage much in the last five years. I would say maybe three or four times. But, okay. but I, I, when I managed Penguins Comedy Club, uh, that was about six to seven years ago. I mean, I was up every every weekend doing the MC gig. Okay, cool. Yeah, I haven't been on stage as much since I moved out here, which sounds counterproductive of why you'd move to California. But uh, I kind of uh, got in with a job with hours that weren't too conducive to doing open mics and uh, shows. And then I was like, okay, I need an outlet. So I'm like, I am going to focus on doing a podcast. And that's where my energy has gone now. Then maybe hoping to open up some doors with that later on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I mean, my favorite podcast is uh, Jimmy Pardo's never not funny. It's, it's by far, I, he was probably, he's one of the first people to start podcasting. I think he's celebrating, uh, ninth or tenth year right now. Um, he, wow. He's had over five or six hundred episodes. Uh, I listen to Comedy Bang Bang, WTF with Mark Marin. Um, you made it weird with Pete Holmes. 
uh, just a it's a it's a great outlet for comedians, I think. Yeah, definitely. I listened to uh, WTF, as you mentioned, and uh, also listened to Nerdist quite a bit with Chris Hardwick. Have you listened to that one? Yeah, that that guy, he, he knew he's been building for that Nerdist. Uh, I guess it's a network now, but yes. I mean, at, at, I'd say eight or nine years ago, it was just it was just like oh he's doing this little thing that's cute and now it's literally a podcast um nerd resource just a just i want (laughs) i want to say i want to say conglomerate i mean that that that, in a way it is but you know yeah i mean he's got he's got the youtube channels getting millions of hits i mean he 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 took his time and 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 built it and it's it's really good to see uh, a guy like that works so hard and have it paid off and he he controls you know his uh intellectual property of nerdist yeah and i remember him back in the day hosting <laughs> singled out yeah. like and then i hadn't heard from him for 10 like for many years and then all of a sudden it was like oh chris hardwick on nerdist okay i remember that guy and yeah then all of a sudden he's everywhere walking or talking dead talking bad you know all that good stuff yeah, I mean, I I I listen to a few uh, Nerdist uh, shows, but my my main one is Never Not Funny. And uh, Mark Poulos, who's another uh, uh, road road dog, he uh, he has a podcast too called Unbridled Enthusiasm. That was the first podcast me and Tim were on to uh, promote ours. Okay, I'll have to uh, check that out. I haven't checked out the Jimmy Pardo one yet either. I heard you guys talking about it on your show, but uh, I was listening to your show and didn't want to switch. His uh, show is amazing. I I listen to it probably every other day. I go back to old episodes because he has, like I said, six, seven hundred episodes or so. And I I listen because I think the conversation he has with his guests are just so incredibly funny. Okay, yeah, I'll have to check that out. It's called Never Not Funny. Yes, it's probably one of the biggest comedy podcasts out. Okay. Yeah, and, and and he came through Penguins, I want to say, nine years ago or whatever. He's like, yeah, I'm thinking about starting this uh, this podcast thing. And I was hooked ever since he released his first episode. Uh, like uh, uh, Pete Holmes, who I got to MC for back in 2000, he had the Pete Holmes show, which aired after Conan. He came through Penguins and came through uh, Peoria, Illinois, where I emceed for him. He was a great guy, too. His podcast is pretty funny, too. It's called You Made It Weird. Yes, yes. I've actually listened to that a couple times. Uh, yeah, it's an entertaining podcast, yeah. for sure. Okay, so your co-host, uh, Tim Sullivan, uh, stand-up comedian, he has an interesting hobby I've heard you guys talk about on the show a couple times. Yeah. Uh, do you care to elaborate on that? Well, he's uh, he's a grown adult that I, I don't want to say borderline obsession, but maybe uh, he loves wrestling, WWE wrestling. WWE, okay. Yeah, when when we first met about the podcast, um, met him at his house. We went down to the basement, and he has hundreds of those uh, figures, uh, wrestling figures, and uh, had them out and displayed with a little ring. And it, it kind of <laughs> reminded me of the basement of Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> It, it was, oh, what what are we doing here? Are we going to talk or are we going to play with these toys? But, uh, yeah, he he loves he loves uh, 
loves the wrestling. We're we're supposed to. Uh, our agreement with our podcast was he was allowed to talk about wrestling, but we've been kind of skewing away from that uh, and doing interviews mainly uh, with comedians on on road stories, on how you get booked, uh, shit gigs, all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I, I'll, I'll say it. He's obsessed with wrestling. Okay, and you were actually saying he was acting out, um, acting out wrestling matches and coming up with winners as it goes along, right on your podcast. That yeah, that was our first episode with Mark Pulos. He he uh, he has a notebook where he has his two little wrestlers fighting, <laughs> and he will record who wins, and he records how many has gotten the most wins, and uh, he needs to get checked up on. How does he decide who wins? He's like the one in running the thing. So yeah, he he he. Uh, I I don't I don't get it. I I haven't been over to to see him do this, but you should definitely get a video <laughs> of him doing that and post that on YouTube. Like especially if he does impersonations like the Hulk and like Macho Man Randy Savage, like ooh yeah and stuff like that. That yeah. sounded more like the Kool Aid <laughs> Man. I apologize. Um, yeah, he, but... <laughs> he he does that stuff, and there's uh on our Facebook page for our podcast, uh, Comedy Supernova. He actually had Mick Foley, who played uh, who was Mankind. He was in his yeah. He was in his basement, and he was showing him all of his notebooks and his and his figures and stuff like that. And Mick Foley just flat out told him, he's like, I this is pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's impressive when mick foley says you're a little bit freaky yeah and it's impressive he's in his basement but uh tim tim does some gigs with mick foley and 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 opens for him and stuff like that uh mick foley's been i guess doing the comedy circuit for a little bit okay does he do stand-up or just tell stories about the wwe slash wwf days because that he was around then i haven't seen a show i'm i'm guessing i think he does some stories in lace with jokes and some q a cool yeah i mean some i i don't want to say that this is mix uh mixed deal but a lot of uh alternative entertainment a lot of those people like like for instance uh was it uh reality tv shows people they sometimes fall back onto comedy um, I'm not going to berate them or anything like that, but when I say they fall back, they, they think that's lesser than what they did previously just to get yeah. a paycheck, uh, because moving forward in their career isn't working. So they fall back into comedy where, you know, there's people that would love to, you know, work that weekend that, uh, Joe Millionaire or or some other reality TV Screech. show. Yeah, uh, I don't want to be killed if uh, I bring up that guy. He he, do, he does stab people. Yeah, yeah. He uh, <laughs> he he's one state away, so I gotta I gotta watch what I say about Screech. But uh, yeah, he actually got a writer, and I I've worked with Screech a couple times. The fir- first time, uh, I'm not gonna lie, was awful. Second time around, he he must have got a writer, and it was tuned a little bit better to uh a stand-up set but then the the stabbing happened and yeah you gotta love that when you stab somebody at your own show that's 
That's crowd work. That's crowd work right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, you want to sell any merch? You want to buy any merchandise? No, stab. Buy it now. Buy, buy it. Now. Buy my. Well, he was. He got in trouble the first time he came through uh, Penguins. He was selling a signed script of, I guess, one of the most famous Saved by the Bell episodes. He was signing it, selling it for fifteen, twenty dollars, or whatever. That's not his property, and he got in trouble for it. Oh, really? Was it the one where Jesse got hooked on, uh, um, like, stay awake pills, like the <laughs> the sleeping pills? No, I don't know if it was that one or not. But, uh, yeah, he was just, he had these full, full-on full scripts, probably 100 pages or whatever was signing them and, and selling them, and he got in trouble for it because it wasn't his, uh, his intellectual property. Oh, screech. Yeah. Well, what can he do? I mean, he was trying to make money. I guess he couldn't think of a funny, stupid T-shirt, so he started printing off scripts. Yeah, well, I guess that's one way to do it. Uh, it'd have to be kind of tough to be Screech in a way, too, because, well, we're still calling him Screech to this day. Yeah, yeah, the guy can't you know? down the street without getting yelled Screech at him. Yeah, as Dustin Diamond, of course, as most people probably know by now, but being typecast like that as a nerdy kid... Like, sure, it was good at the time, but now he's probably wanted to grow up out of it. Yeah, but... like I said, he wanted to progress his acting career. It didn't pan out, so he fell back on uh, on stand-up. I mean, it, and it, sex tapes. And and the, the shit he pulled on that other reality TV show, that weight loss one, where he was pretty much a prick the whole time. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't seem like a very friendly person, but... Uh... Once again, maybe he's just sick and tired of being Screech. Yeah. So on your show, we'll, we'll move away from Screech and bashing <laughs> people who might come through penguins and stuff like that, because that's probably not great for business. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I have I have little connection with penguins anymore. I mean, my my full time job now, I, I work in I.T. now. So, okay. so I, I I venture to penguins maybe every other month. So I mean I'm I am literally completely out of you know the the business the circuit. I just I find why I did the podcast is I find my times hanging out with the comedians in the green room, hanging out with them and talking, hearing road stories. That was that's currently what I I enjoy the most. Uh, going up on stage, not so much anymore. Yeah, I heard you say like on your podcast that the reason why you didn't go up on stage now is because you was it because you weren't enjoying it and wanted to make room for other comedians that actually wanted to have stage time yeah i mean it's i i didn't really enjoy it much anymore i i love the performance part of it but i i cannot write jokes at all i cannot kick out enough to have a new set every week or literally every month or or whatever i just i didn't like that process of it i i like improv i like being in the moment when i'm on stage but i i just uh, why why come down once a week or once a month if you're just going to go up and bullshit and and not hone a craft or, or work on material or rewriting jokes for the for transitioning and stuff like that i i just didn't i just i didn't want to do it anymore i i enjoy it i, I love being around the guys i love watching it uh, I love talking to him after the show, before the show, but me going up on stage, I, I don't really enjoy it anymore. 
Yeah, well, then it's good to step away if you're not enjoying that and let somebody else have a run at it. Uh, do you find that your time on stage is like helping you get guests for your podcast or like your time that was your involvement in Penguins? Yeah, it, I wouldn't be having the guests we had if I, if I wasn't an MC or, or uh, the manager for a couple years. Uh, they wouldn't come through. Um, and, and most of the guys that, that I contact, they're like, oh, hey, Danny, hey. So they, they remember me. Uh, so they, they'll come through and, and do the podcast. I think we've taped, uh, we just taped our seventh episode, and we, we release it every month. And uh, every comedian I, I've contacted um, has, has said, yes, it would be a great afternoon to, to sit and talk with you. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm glad you were able to keep uh, connections with the comedians that came through while you worked there and are able to incorporate that into your show right now. One of the biggest tips that I've received so far is, as far as making it in the entertainment business, which seems kind of self, uh, you know, kind of evident, uh, is just networking. And it seems like you've been doing a good job of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I check schedules of penguins. I, I check schedules of comedians that uh, I would like to have on the show. And if they're passing through, if they're going from Minneapolis to uh, St. Louis, Cedar Rapids is right in the middle there. So I can say, hey, for an hour, for two hours, do you want to stop by, uh, tape a podcast? Uh, and and most of the time, the, the guys are absolutely great. Yeah, it's And it gives them an outlet to, I guess, not sell merchandise, but to, to get their name out there. Uh, our podcast, I, we're, we're up and down with popularity. Um, we can have uh, 300 download episodes or we can have a thousand download episodes. It's just, it's just who it is and, and stuff like that. Do you plan on uh, going more than once a month at some point or make it like a weekly podcast? Uh, our podcast, it, it costs us money to host online and for our studio session. And um, even though I, I enjoy it at leading up to the days or, or the week that we go in and, and tape, I, I get pretty excited about it. But I, until we get some type of sponsorship or some type of uh, advertisement or something like that, I, I, we don't want to fork much money into it. Yeah. Um, so the U.S. Entertainment Agency at the beginning isn't a paying uh, sponsor? Or... Uh, here's a little tip. Uh, I, that is uh, the owner of Penguins, Jeff Johnson's company, and... Uh, I asked him, hey, can we put you as a sponsor so it sounds like we're professional and we have sponsorship and people may ask if they could be our sponsor. We They don't pay us. <laughs> okay. Yeah, little, Fair enough. Yeah, a little, little secret. I mean, it, it, it makes it sound professional. Someone that may listen to the podcast, hey, they have advertisement. Maybe we should contact them for maybe we can advertise on, on their show. But that phone call hasn't been made yet. <laughs> yeah. And another thing you can do, like uh... – like here's what I'm planning on doing when we've already disclosed that I haven't launched yet. So um, instead of waiting for advertisers to come, 
like be like, hey, let me run this spot. There's this thing called affiliate advertising where you can have like links. They do it for Audible and everything like that. Yeah. You can go onto their uh, website, click affiliate, and then you'll get a link. You can tell people, go sign up at Audible, use my code, and then you get a kickback for it. You don't have to wait for advertisers to want you. That sounds incredible. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, uh, we, we might we might look into that. I mean, it's just uh, we want to get our our show tailored to what we want to do. Um, yeah, if it starts being coming a, a financial burden, um, we may do that. If if we want to kick it up a notch and maybe do one of those affiliates, uh, I'll, I'll I'll need to speak with my partner Tim Sullivan. Yeah, um, yeah, the affiliates are cool. Just find one. I wouldn't don't always recommend like say audible or something like that because all the big guys Everyone's have that, audible yeah. but find something that fits your podcast um even if it's like penguins tickets or some comedy club tickets and you get like a sell the tickets through your site and you get a little kickback from it yeah i mean uh, we're we mainly talk about penguins comedy club but uh, i i hope that us talking about the the comedy and stuff it, it it would be a podcast for for all comedy clubs it gets people excited and wanting to go to their their local comedy club um i just i i hope cuz uh, you know comedy clubs are up and down in the summer they're slow in the winter they're busy uh a lot struggle uh stuff like that it, it it's unbelievable in the town of cedar rapids um, people are always like, there's nothing to do. Well, you have a comedy club and you just missed like, for instance, Tommy John again, I don't know if you heard of him. He is a very funny comic. He was on last comic standing, went pretty far, uh, had a CBS pilot. They didn't pick it up, but he featured at penguins and, oh, yeah. and he, he's pretty big right now. Um, and they could have seen him as a feature act. Uh, again, I'll bring up Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes featured at Penguins, so you could see a future Brian Regan or or Seinfeld uh, at Penguins featuring. And then you know, fast forward ten or fifteen years, um, you can say, "Hey, I saw that guy when he just started out." And and a lot of the feature acts they they move on to bigger and and better things, but. It, just hearing the complaint of there's nothing to do in our town. It, it's, it's so bad. It, it, yeah. it, it's irritating. Yeah. I understand that completely. One of the things that bothered me about Cedar Rapids before I moved out of here is over and over again, people didn't want anything new unless it was already known. You know, like if you had had like a, if say Brian Regan came through now and everybody knew his name, they'd be like, oh, Brian Regan, let's go. Mm -hmm. But it's the same thing with like restaurants, the same things with, uh, I don't know, other types of businesses. If it's not recognized already, if they haven't heard about it before, they don't really want to give it a chance. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, this town. I, I don't get it. We just we just got our first barcade. Have you ever heard of those? Barcade? Barcade. I actually saw something on Facebook about that. I still get a lot of Cedar Rapids feeds, but that, that actually sounds really cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, our arcade and pinball machines are, are my second passion. Um, but yeah, they it's a bar with arcade and pinball machines in it, and everyone's 
losing their shit about it. And they and they've been around for five or ten years now. And we just got one, we just got one ten years after the the or five years after the big barcade boom, and everyone is just just losing their shit about it. Oh, hey, that that's cool. Uh, Cedar Rapids has seemed to get quite a few cool things since I've left. They have that uh, new market open up down by where Third Street Live was. Uh, I don't remember what the name of it was, but new, the, uh, yeah, the New Bow Market. Yeah, new bow market. What's funny uh, is uh, Cedar Rapids is mirroring what South Park's doing on their last season. Where, like, take for instance that the the Whole Foods on South Park. That's the new bow. It's it's turning into quite a, a hipster community. Oh, that's no good. I'm <laughs> sorry to hear the hipster word thrown around. That's kind of a harsh word, Danny. Is it? <laughs> hipster yeah well, who, nobody who nobody wants to hang around with hipsters well, that's who's at the barcade is uh is hipsters drinking their pbr <laughs> exactly man it's a, like i have some friends who actually legitimately like pbr that oh, it's, are it's not awful. hipster it's awful but basically they they're in bands and they tour around yeah and that's the beer that a lot of bars give away for free <laughs> when you're a touring music- musician and yeah. uh, stuff like that. So I don't know if they've ju- it's just grown on them or what, but they don't drink it just because hipsters drink it, you know? But if you're drinking it just because, oh, dude, this is PBR, it's ironic, it's crappy beer, and I want to drink it to look cool, then, then, you got, oh. then, then you got issues, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wearing your cardigan and your thick-rimmed glasses. And your beards. Yeah, the the curled up mustaches. Some of those can be cool, but then it can be overdone yeah, let's, too. Let's bring those people down. <laughs> yeah, it, damn hipsters. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I was at I was going to the barcade, you know, for for the games and stuff like that, and and all the hipsters were, you know, with their kale and whatever, drinking their their weird loggers. Just uh, just trying to play some Kong. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, like when when I drink a beer, like I like to have a good tasting beer. I I have a seizure disorder, so I can't really drink to get drunk. Wow. So when I drink like a beer, I normally only have one or two. So I like to drink like the darker beers, like the stouts, the Guinnesses, the, uh, you know, even up to like an amber ale is fine with me. But, you know, I I will not go for like the Bud Light, Miller Light, See, you know, that's all, pee in a can. Yeah, that's all I do. I'm very bland when it comes to to beer. It's Bud Light, Miller Light, or anything else. I just had I just had my first alcoholic blackout about two weeks ago. Really? Uh, Getting started kind of late on that, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm 36. <laughs> uh, I it never happened before. I I would I would drink probably two beers and maybe a, a shot at Penguins during my early twenties, but I had a, I had a, not a blackout, but I, I got pretty drunk one night and I said, that's, an, that's enough. There's, I went up on stage pretty drunk and I said that never again, but yeah, <laughs> uh, the Iowa game, we had a poker, poker night and, uh, I walked in and my buddy's like, yeah, we're getting rid of our bar. So whatever liquor you want, drink it up. And I took advantage of that. And because I, I don't know how to make my own drinks and I just kept drinking rum and Coke after rum and Coke. And, uh, 
I actually played poker pretty well. I got to heads up, me and a, another guy, and maybe one or two hands in, I blacked out. No idea what happened. <laughs> came, came to and everyone's gone and the, the guy's house, uh, the, my buddy that has the, the house, he, he was waking me up. He's like, your wife's on the way. I was like, oh, what happened? He's like, well, you talked the other guy into splitting the cash. So I, I, <laughs> I, it's either I was very convincive and said, let's split the money, or I just annoyed the shit out of him so much that he's like, just split the money. I'm getting out of here. Yeah, yeah, that, that could be. Um, you know, when you're blackout drunk, it, it always makes for interesting stories, not necessarily for you to tell, but for you to hear the next day. Oh, there's pictures and videos of me on the Internet of what I, I did. It was it was pretty bad. As long as you didn't pass out and, you know, have them like no, maybe your no, they, friends were nice, didn't draw like penises on your face or anything like that. No, they took care of me. I had a I had a nice bowl and a, a pretty much a beach blanket on top of me because I I started uh, uh, chucking. Oh, that's nice. Of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, moving away from puking in bowls. <laughs> And beach blankets. It sounds cozy and all. But uh, back when you were the manager of uh, Penguins Comedy Club, you said you were a manager for a little while? Yeah, when uh, after the flood, uh, we moved out to a secondary location for two years. Um, and I was managing it at the, that time. Okay. Uh, when you were managing, what did you look for in comedians that you were uh, booking or when they sent stuff in? What caught your eye? Well, Jeff Johnson uh, is the booker of Penguins, and um, I could tell him, can you try to go for this person? Um, um, we didn't really enjoy this feature act. Uh, this headliner got drunk and stuff like that. That was pretty much all I had to do with the booking. Um, I think the only comedian that he brought in at my recommendation was Maria Bamford. Okay. Um, I asked for Maria uh, Tignataro. Um, I want to say Pete Holmes. I've asked for. I asked for probably five or six other comedians. Maria came through, and she was uh, absolutely hysterical. She's she was funny. She was low maintenance. She was just a, she was all around a, a great comic on and off stage. Right on. Right on. But so what? Oh, go ahead. Continue. Yeah, I mean, uh, Je Jeff booked the club. I pretty much ran, you know, who's emceeing that night. It, it, would, it was usually me or another guy. I would run the bar. I would do the advertising on Monday and Tuesday, setting it up for the week. Uh, um, you know, the seating arrangement, the the reservations. I, I, I was on that side of it. I was more on the back end and not the entertainment uh, on stage uh, part of it. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. I just uh, wanted to see if we get a little insight on on the booking aspect or what you look for. But since you didn't handle that, you're the wrong guy to be asking. Oh no, that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, me and Jeff, uh, our episode that comes out February first, uh, Comedy Supernova is uh, the we had Jeff Johnson, the booker of Penguins. He he's been uh, in comedy booking and and he owns the penguins name it's kind of like in a franchise state right now where he 
franchised it out to a bar and it's penguins uh location or whatever but uh we talked to jeff and and jeff brought up that he looks at three things which i 100 percent agree he looks at three things in a comic uh are they funny on stage do they bring tickets and are they low maintenance and he looks for two of those three things okay the uh, of course you, you want a known comic to it the more the comic uh, asks for for payment you know he he has to bring in the people and and butts in the seats or it's just a, a failed weekend um is he funny on stage uh th- there's some people that are low maintenance and bring in people but i might not find them funny jeff might not find them funny you might not find them funny but the crowds find them funny so and we, there are comedians that, that can be high maintenance and, uh, that I, <laughs> uh, that's, that's the worst kind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, from the, what they send to the, the comedy club, some of the bigger comics, it's called a writer. It's pretty much a contract saying, I need this type of hotel. I need this type of room, this type of bed. Uh, no brown M&Ms. Uh, I, we haven't had anything like that. A funny story. Um, but in the writer is is contractual stuff like I need a fruit basket with three Coca-Colas in the green room, stuff like that. Uh, Norm McDonald came through Penguins, and I he had a writer. He had a contract saying what he wants and stuff like that, it, and it wasn't outlandish at all except for when i was reading it in his green room he wanted a ham sandwich and uh after after the shows i i we were paying him and stuff like that and talking he's like yeah uh, yeah why is there a, a ham sandwich in my green room i go well i read your contract that's what you were asking for he goes really that's on my contract he looked at his contract he's like oh man i made this contract like 10 years ago and i was joking with my manager i wanted a ham sandwich and he put it in the contract (laughs) so he's like this is the first time in 10 years someone actually got me a ham sandwich that's funny i I thought you were going to be like he was really difficult to work with or something like that but he was the the biggest surprise for me where i leading up to it i was like he's going to be high maintenance and he was the exact opposite he he took pictures with everyone uh was friendly uh talked with me afterwards sat in in my office and and talked and it was a great guy on and off stage just uh, he's he's one of my favorites he's in my top three that's good it's always nice when you meet the comedians that are on stage that you've seen on tv and they're actually cool people and not just trying to pull the rock star treatment you know get the dude i need my m&ms and a brandy glass no brown ones uh i need 37 bottles of vodka and you know just go on and on i need a unicorn or something like that and they're writers yeah there's uh i i don't like i said i'm out of the circuit i don't mind divulging but probably one of the highest maintenance uh guys was uh joe piscopo oh yeah like what he asked for do you know um he had to have exactly six bottled waters three diet cokes three regular cokes uh he had two shows and in between i guess 
the two shows, someone drank one or two of the things and he came, what he did was he, he toured with his son, which we, uh, labeled his name to be little piss <laughs> Okay. and little piss would come out and, uh, dad needs, uh, two more Cokes. Uh, there's only, uh, one left in there. He, he would just come out and, and demand stuff for his dad and stuff like that. So, um, he would he'd do stuff like that. We actually had to get a desk to put up on our small stage at Penguins. And uh, he was going to do his David Letterman impression behind this desk. Well, we had to find a desk. We actually uh, took one from a basement and brought it in. And he said, it's too big. I need a different one. And he's like, let me just, oh, let me just use one of these tables. So he just used like pretty much a a bar table for the impression, stuff like that. Uh, his, his sound, it had to be absolutely perfect. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was really weird. He stayed in the green room, didn't talk to anyone. It, it wasn't that bad, but I mean, when you're demanding that, that type of stuff, you know, at least be, you know, thankful there, there, yeah, there, there's yeah. probably no thank yous at all. And we just, we noticed that anything needing to be done, he would send little piss out to, to tell us to do his work, his little minion, yep, his little minion son. And then <laughs> that was eight, 10 years ago. Who knows if he's changed or whatever he, maybe he was just getting back out and, and doing the circuit and was just not coping very well or whatever. Uh, who knows? He could have been a great guy and we just met him on a bad weekend anything yeah that that is always uh, an option you can uh, never really tell from the first meeting of like a celebrity if they're a dick or not you know um i remember meeting one celebrity that uh hey hey i I found out i gave names you have to give names okay he i don't remember (laughs) his name though he was a lead singer of uh drowning pool before that he was a lead singer of soil Okay. Otherwise, I would give you his name, but I can't uh, remember it. But I met him. He was really distant and off and like didn't want to talk to anybody. Then I found out later he was on the phone talking uh, because he just got a call that his dad died. Yeah. So it's like they have shit going on in their lives, just like you do. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you meet them multiple times on their dicks, then give them that label, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there hasn't been. In the eight to ten years I was at Penguins, there wasn't that many dicks. Uh, I just recall, you know, Piscopo and and the one time I met Gallagher. <laughs> Gallagher? Yeah. I, well, I, I could see him going either way. There's there's podcasts. He was on WTF, and he, he was just a prick there. He railed on comics that bring bottled water on stage. and like, He's absolutely nuts. I mean, he... He was threatening just to do stand-up. I, I don't want to say threatening. He, he was saying he was just going to do stand-up. Just going to do stand-up. No, no destruction of fruits and vegetables. And we had, I think we had to advertise that it's just stand-up and no crazy bashing or whatever. Well, the tickets weren't selling great. And he said, all right, I'm bringing the mallet. So, <laughs> so then we changed the advertisement. He's bringing his mallet, everybody. Tickets still didn't sell. I mean, this was... This was way past his prime. We get there and no one's showing up. I actually didn't have, like they said, we don't need the staff. You can head out. Well, I I bailed and turned out when he did his show, splattered the, the walls, caked the walls, caked the floor, everything like that. 
uh, he pretty much barked at the waitresses after the show to clean it up for the second show. Didn't bring it to oh, people. Wow. And, and there was not a thank you out of his mouth. It's like, here, let me help you. This is what we did in the past to get a, a quick, clean turnaround. Nothing like that. Just pick this up. That always sucks. You think somebody who makes a living smashing fruit for a living would be a little more grateful. But uh, I don't know. Not to end on a bad note. Who's like, I got two more questions for you. Okay. First one, who is uh, who is uh, your favorite performer to have come through Penguins? Um, well, I mentioned Norm MacDonald. I, I said he was in my top three. I'll, I'll give you my top three. Uh, number two would be Brian Regan. Brian Regan okay. came through Penguins with his brother, Dennis, I want to say in 2001, 2002. They had a Showtime special called Ace of Jokers or something like that. I can't remember. It was some card pun. Uh, okay. But those two together, probably one of my favorite shows I've ever seen. It was just, they. I guess you can say they co-headlined, but Brian Regan and Dennis Regan at, at a, a small intimate club like Penguins was pretty amazing. Um, my favorite comic, uh, is Jimmy Pardo from, uh, never not funny. He, he is funny on stage, off stage, complete gentleman. Uh, I actually have his phone number and whenever something happens in, in Jimmy's career, uh, for instance, he, he opened for the tonight show when Conan had it. He yeah. was the warm up, and I, I sent him a text saying congratulations on the gig, uh, stuff like that. He texts me back, hey, thanks, buddy, thanks, guy, whatever. Um, got he just recently got a TV show, um, uh, Race to Escape, which is on I think the History Channel. Uh, I, I kind of fight with myself to text him because it's kind of a privilege to have his phone number, and I have his number because I drove him around to the radio, yeah. radio gigs and stuff like that. I don't know if I should have deleted it or whatever, but every time something happens big with him, I want to text him, but I, I fight the urge to text him because he, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't think about, you know, me at all. So, so Jimmy Pardo would be one of my, is my favorite comedian touring and probably, probably of all time. So, Jimmy, if you end up stumbling upon this show, the one sending you all the texts is Danny Franks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, all right. That, that's really cool. Though. That's a good top three to have. And cool, all three of those came through Cedar Rapids. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a big Johnny Carson fan. And some people say he's not stand up. I, I think due to his monologue and him doing it for, you know, 35 years, it, uh, Johnny Carson is pretty amazing to me as well. Yeah. Okay. Final question. Then I'll let you get about your day. Uh, my show is called uncontained. You can take a minute to think about the answer to this. If you would like, how do you live uncontained? How do I live my life uncontained with a wife and three kids? <laughs> it can be tricky. I, I am pretty contained. I'm a pretty big gamer. Um, from, from, uh, I guess computer games, like I said, arcade pinball, uh, I, at one time we're, we're planning on moving. I had a pretty big arcade and pinball collection in my basement. And that is something a lot of people don't really aspire to have. Uh, it is, uh, pretty amazing. And when I was at my peak and had so much, 
I, I want to say that's when I was living uh, uncontained because no one was going to stop me from driving, you know, two to three hours to pick up a, a Q-Bird. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So hope, hopefully that, that was a good enough answer for that. Fair enough. And hopefully now your uh, podcast is an outlet for that as well. Yeah. Uh, we, I've been toying with uh, opening another podcast for Arcade and Pinball. I'm a, oh, that could be interesting. Very uh, niche yeah. right there. Atumwa, Iowa is the the arcade capital of the world. Arcades and meth, right? <laughs> arcades and meth and pig slaughterhouses. Because you stay up all night on meth playing pinball. Hey, my, uh, my wife's upstairs. Uh, stairs. Uh, my in-laws are from Atumwa. Okay. <laughs> what a fucking dump of a town. They, yeah. they are roadkill eating, freaking skull chewing, hillbillies. Uh, it's uh, when when I had to go down to meet the in laws. It was, I mean, they they were bragging about the pranks that they do. What they do is they take heads from the dumpsters, pig heads, yeah, from the dumpsters of the pig slaughter plant, and just toss them around the city as a prank. Throw it on someone's driveway. That's that's apparently fun for people down there. <laughs> I mean, it is. Oh man, I I I was gonna. I thought I was gonna get killed every time I've gone down there. So basically, Atumwa is what the rest of the nation thinks all of Iowa is. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So it does exist in Iowa, and thank you very much. <laughs> For enlightening me on the pig head tossing. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's take a bunch of people down. We've taken down Piscopo, Screech, and now Atumwa, Iowa. There, there's not, yeah, you're yeah. not going to be getting any emails on this. <laughs> they, uh, they, uh, you know, take football to the whole new level. They do the uncured football, you know, and just uh, they play it with instead of pigskin. It's let's play a little pig's head. Oh. Yeah. Well, thank you, Danny, for uh, joining me today and uh, being on Uncontained. Yeah, thank you, Aaron. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Where can people get a hold of you, get a hold of your podcast? What days do you uh, broadcast or what days do you launch uh, post news shows? Uh, Comedy Supernova. We put it out the the first of every month. Um, You can see it or you can listen to it in several places. We're on Stitcher. uh, We're on iTunes. Or you can go directly to uh, the website. And that is TPSP or TSP. I can't even remember. I think it's TSP tpsp uh productions.com and that's they they have many podcasts under their uh network but yeah face facebook or uh we're on twitter as well comedy supernova just look us up and and drop by and say hi all right thanks a lot and have a great day Danny. thank you Aaron. you too Just to clarify, the network that Comedy Supernova can be found on, in addition to Stitcher and iTunes, is tpspproduction.com slash comedy-supernova. That's what you need to know to get to his show, or you can just go the traditional route, Stitcher, iTunes, and while you're there, rate and review his podcast, and mine too. Yes, it helps us all out in the ratings lets people know about us rate review itunes stitcher soundcloud wherever our podcasts are posted please i'm not trying to be greedy we're giving you free content and all i'm asking for is a little bit of help a little boost in the rating so more people find out where they can find 
this podcast and others like it. Yes, please. Thank you. I'm done begging. Thanks again to Danny Franks for coming on and talking with me today. And until next time, live uncontained.